you are now tuned in to the Alright Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer, where we talk all things business, health, money, mindset, and everything in between. So crank up the volume, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oric Talk Show. I would like to welcome Amy on the show today, also known as the one and only property tax queen. Amy is a property and strategy tax specialist that can come up with creative ways for investors to pay less tax. Not only is Amy a wizard on property tax, she has had 15 years experience and involvement working alongside multi-billion dollar pound businesses. Amy, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm glad to finally get you on the show as well. How are you doing? No, thank you, Shade. It's a, it's an absolute pleasure. I am doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. So, you know what, for people that don't know who you are, obviously you're the property tax queen, but just give us a little uh, 10,000 foot overview and a bit more depth about what you do. Okay, so I started property tax queen um, around about two years ago now. So my background is I qualified as a chartered accountant when I was 21 so uh, well I'm 30 this year so I'm sure you can work that one out me too Uh, (laughs) yeah so um yeah I've been in accounting and tax for a very long time and after I qualified as chartered so I'd worked in a couple of small practices um and then moved into industry so worked for some massive companies like Jaguar Land Rover and Rolls-Royce um and then I I settled down had a family And that was the point for me where things really started to change um, because I wanted a different lifestyle. I didn't really want the corporate um, BS, shall we call it, anymore. So I set up my own firm. And really the whole aim of setting the firm up was to um, go go out to property investors and really give them a 360 service from an accounting and a tax point of view. Because essentially, uh, there's a gap in the market, or definitely I've seen at the moment, there's a gap in the market where an investor will approach a tax specialist and then they'll also have an accountant. So there's like a mismatch of services. So I created Property Tax Queen specifically for the property sector to align those and also bring through all of the best practice strategies that I've learned from these multi-billion pound businesses um, and implementing those into small businesses, allowing them to, to operate more tax efficiently um, and ultimately make more money. Um, so yeah, that's that's my primary aim and that's that's what we do at Property Tax Queen. Brilliant. And just go into that a bit more then in terms of uh, what's the diff the, the some of the, the the major differences between a tax specialist then and accountant? Because you are right, people just thought, well, my accountant will sort all my tax stuff out. So is it like a tax specialist is more of a consultant and knows everything about tax and then your accountant just pretty much knows obviously quite a lot about tax, but just does your accounts and your returns and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so the best way to describe this, I would say, and and hope no accountants uh, or tax specialists get offended by listening to this, but um, the best way to think about it is um, GPs and specialist doctors or consultants. So, you know, you might go to the doctor, see GP, they'll ask you a load of questions and they'll, they'll probably be able to fix the problem. But if it's more of a serious problem, you probably get referred to a specialist. Um, so the main thing between the two is that accountants tend to be more generalised and can help with like basic tax queries and maybe basic tax planning, whereas a tax specialist specialises on that one area in tax because 
the tax in the UK, the system is so complicated. Mm. And actually what you'll find is that you will get an inheritance tax specialist, a property tax specialist, uh, I don't know, um, you know, estate planning or whatever it may be, because the system is so complicated. So it actually goes even further. It's not just, oh, I'll go to a tax specialist and they'll be able to help my problem. Yeah. You probably want to go to a specific tax specialist who specialises in that area of tax. And VAT is another one. Um, I could literally go on for days about this, but at Property Tax Queen, we've got a tax panel. So we've got experts on that panel who specialise in stamp duty. We've got another person that specialises in inheritance tax and another one that specialises in VAT because actually it would be too much um, for one person to actually mm. specialise genuinely in all of those areas. So I think it's key that an investor or a business owner works with an accounting firm that can provide that service just so that you you make sure you're getting the, the right advice at the right time. Brilliant. So if anyone is listening to this and they're looking for specific tax within their sector or if it's property or like you said they're looking for some like even like you said you think stamp duty um i how how many there's like i might be wrong here but there's over 10 even 20 ways to 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 not pay stamp or ways to save on stamp and stamp as you said like people just think stamp duty is one little thing of purchasing a, a property whether that's commercial or residential and there's that's a minefield just within itself isn't it like you said and you've got specialists that can do that sort of stuff yeah absolutely and nine times out of ten i will speak with a new client um and now they have a property deal going through and i ask them about stamp duty and nine times out of ten there's something we can do to mitigate that tax liability uh, but they're simply just not aware. And I think, you know, you have to remember when you're in this field, like you're the specialist, you've got the knowledge and, and not everybody else knows. So I think it's commonplace for, for property investors, particularly ones that are doing multiple transactions in one go, that they can get something called MDR, which is multiple dwellings relief. Um, but not everybody knows that. So mm. I think there's an element of like a baseline education as well when it comes to, to speaking with clients and just letting them know you know, as a property investor, by the way, if you end up doing this strategy or you create, you do a creative deal and it means you've got X amount of properties in it, you may be able to get this relief. And it's just kind of allowing them to get that into their head to think, okay, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. And then they could take that further and we could do a piece of tax advice on it. But it's absolutely crucial, uh, I would say, for, for clients to get, to get educated in, in the process as well. Yeah, I think that's that's it. that's one of the most important things, isn't it? Is um, don't just leave it to the professionals. Uh, obviously, yeah, that they they do the most of the research. But it, I guess, if you're talking the language, it also helps you to understand it. And you might be you might have heard something, or you've read it in a book, or on the government website, and then you can speak to. Then that that can even help sieve out whether. You, the the advice you're getting or your accountant is or the tax specialist you're using is right for you if they haven't heard of certain things but you have because someone else has told you that they've used it as well yeah and we see that quite a lot so um obviously being in the property space myself you know words like sa are slammed around all the time i know what that means it's service accommodation then the tax world that doesn't exist it's called furnished holiday lets okay so interesting 
yeah uh, and there's things like that you know when you speak with with clients and it just helps when you're kind of in their world I like I literally live and breathe property so for me talking to a client I think it's great because not only can I help them on the tax side but also I get to learn um from the deals that they're doing you know and it, it becomes interesting for me so it's a two-way thing I think with with property tax queen certainly at the moment you know there's just so much learning going on both ways that it's real beneficial to to both parties yeah no interesting yeah no, thanks thanks for the uh differentiation there so okay so what is happening right now in the world of tax obviously a lot's changed in in for me when I've started to get into property in 2020 and a lot's changed already in in two years but what are some of the biggest changes you've I guess you've personally seen and some of the clients you've worked with um let's just even say this year and is there anything sort of coming up that you've recently read about um that we should be aware of what's happening in the world of tax essentially yeah I would say I mean this has been going on for a couple of years now but it's still very relevant is um, people looking at corporate structures. So back in the day, um, a lot of landlords would just purchase property through their own names, they'd have X amount of properties and they would just, you know, kind of get on with it. And now pretty much every new client that I speak with, we're talking about a restructure because they've got properties from their old name uh, in their own in their own name, sorry, and they want to look at pushing them through into a limited company. Um, and that was driven by the Section 24 changes mm-hmm. that came into play um, a couple of years ago now. So that's that's one of the main things we see. Um, other things that are going on. So the revenue are HMRC, sorry, that is yeah. are getting hotter on um, what should we call it? Bogus tax claims. So one area. And this is not specific to property, uh, by the way, but one area that we've seen is that HMRC are making more investigations now into R&D, that's research and development. Mm. So, and, all, and also bounce back loans as well. So That's a big one. Yeah. There's massive, massive risks around that. Um, we had actually recently took on a client, they'd had a bounce back loan, absolutely fine, it was a legit loan. Um, they've now, so they were doing a non-property business and they decided through the pandemic, sod this kind of thing. Um, I don't want to do my business anymore, but I want to get into property. So what they did is they went on a property course. They ended up finding me off, off the back of that. We took them on as a client. Now, we just did their year-end accounts. But by doing their year-end accounts, it revealed a story that um, the previous accountant essentially had, had messed up because they took this bounce-back loan took the money out of the company and they just wasn't aware of the tax implications so they they just took it out thought yeah it's fine you know the money's gone in 50 grand I'll take it back out didn't realize that HMRC will deem you as taking it as a dividend unless you pay it back and then essentially you have to pay that 32 and a half percent over to the tax plan and then reclaim it at a later date when you've paid the loan back now we were able to put in some creative tax planning around that um but I guess the point here is like HMRC are are picking up on bounce back loans and really you need to be very diligent on what's going on in the background of it. So number one, obviously, you want to make sure it was a legit uh, transaction. And we know that there's a lot that, that haven't been. But in the background of that, just make sure 
that your accountant is treating it properly or at least like you're aware of the tax implications that you owe that money still you know so um there's just a bit of homework to be done and, and maybe yeah. you know people listening to this can relate if they've got a bounce back loan thinking oh okay actually how has that been dealt with and do I need to pay any tax on it um because there are obviously ways to I guess reduce the burden on on the individual involved but it just needs to be planned for properly mm, 100% and I've I've actually heard a lot of cases recently no one that I personally know but just the bounce back loan and, and many 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 people individuals and businesses that use them and got them out um even I've even heard that people were they created a limited company and they'd had it for one month something really or one to three months something like that and they'd managed to get get the loan and they they invested it in like property um and they haven't had it all back and they're just getting bitten by it because they they didn't one they didn't know the tax implications and two they've just been a bit silly with it and they haven't they don't actually have it to, to give back at the moment so they're having to set up payment plans and things like that it's it's crazy yeah it, exactly so it's really key to kind of just ask the questions I would say like you don't necessarily need to know all of the detail but just ask the question to your accountant or your tax advisor I'm thinking about doing this what are the tax implications and then at least you know from a 360 view what you're actually getting involved with for sure 100% no cheers for that so what are some of the biggest benefits right now that people tend to forget about or may not know about whether that's in property or any other business so if there's any like simple um tips or tricks within the tax world uh that that you've got that's pretty simple to do and people have generally forget about them until you remind them that they're there to be used yeah and you know what i think a lot of this is just not tax related i think you have to really scale back and go have you got a viable business? Have you got a viable business plan? Is there anything else you can do from a pricing perspective to make you more profitable? Because if you think about it, if you get your pricing right, you're going to be more profitable. If you're more profitable, you're going to have more tax to pay. Therefore, there's more tax planning to do. And it's a nice problem to have. And <laughs> so I think that for me, it's like just people forget to look at the bigger picture and actually sit down and do a business plan. And then, you know, things like KPIs, et cetera. Uh, so key performance indicators, really looking at what's going to pull the, the levers in the business to, to drive that business where you want to get to. People just forget about that stuff or they simply just don't know. Um, I guess in my head, it is a simple thing because I've just lived and breathed it for, for many years. And especially when I was in the corporate world, that yes. was a, a massive, massive driver. But you have to think there's a reason why these businesses are making millions if not billions of pounds and it's because they focus on their pricing and they focus on their profit so number one would be just have the general mindset around your business and where you where you want it to go from a tax perspective um things that people miss out on if they don't get the structure right from the start that's that's definitely you know you can literally lose tens of thousands of pounds in, in um, tax savings if you don't get it right um, we've seen it um, especially when it comes to inheritance tax planning as well there's massive opportunities at the moment to especially if you're new in property as well um, and you want to take things very seriously and grow your property business very big then there's opportunity to to mitigate that inheritance tax position from from day one almost so that's another one 
And then a bit more of a basic one, I guess, would be claiming um, expenses. So often, more often than not, we'll get hold of a tax return or a set of accounts. And it's like you start asking questions like, I don't know. Um, oh, did you do any mileage in the year? Oh, yeah, I did. OK, you haven't claimed for it. You didn't claim for it last year. Let's claim for it now. And it's just little things like that that add up. Um, I've actually got a, it's a bit of a shameless plug here, but I've got an, an ebook <laughs> that goes through 32 different ways to save tax. And, and they are simple tax strategies that you can implement in your limited company, ultimately to get value out of it. Brilliant. Um, getting the right salary, dividend split, claiming all of the expenses that you could possibly think of, etc. So it just goes through each point in a little bit more detail. Um, and if anything, I would just use that as a bit of a, a checklist to go, okay, I'm doing this, I'm not doing that, I could implement this, I want to find out more about this. And by the way, the biggest overlooked um, opportunity is pensions. Property and pensions is a different ball game. Probably not going to go into that on this podcast because that's another gonna, episode, isn't it? <laughs> literally, would be here all day. Yeah, um, but from you know, people just I don't know. Like I don't know if it's a mindset thing. People just think, oh, pension. Say for example, the thirty. They don't think about pensions. All they're bothered about is making cash flow now and getting properties now. And it's like that's fine, but you could actually be utilising a SIP or a SAS or you know a standard pension to get tax relief to get you to your goal quicker because when you scale it back what clients and what business owners actually want is more money more freedom and I guess more time so it's just about marrying all of those up potentially in, into a service that you know helps them get to their goal faster absolutely spot on yeah great advice and just just for the people listening um the 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 pdf that you mentioned that you've made the the ebook uh, i'm going to put that in the show notes for people to download absolutely free so and i'm guessing they can find that on your links on the instagram too uh, which i'm going to put in the show notes as well can they yes so it's in my link tree it's the first link it's called 32 ways to save tax um so you can find that on on instagram and also, it's in my uh, LinkedIn profile as well. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Richardson. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, we'll, we'll put them in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And look, just like you said, actually, um, like retirement planning, um, I mean, and and just sort of, well, for, for me, it's, that's, I mean, I look started to really take my retirement seriously at uh, 28 years old, two years ago. And just because when I started to learn about getting into building wealth, I was like, well, actually, retire, building wealth, retirement's like one of the key aspects because that's like when you retire, that's what you got to rely on your wealth when you retire because you won't be, well, you won't have like a, a job. Well, some people still work, they work till they die at 80, 80 years old. But if you don't want to do that um, and you want to have income, you want to make sure you get in uh, maximum income and not being shafted on, on tax because you didn't structure it right um, when you were 30, if that's when you started, mm. for instance. And I think, like you said, we could go into this into a, a complete part two of this, but uh, definitely think if you're thinking about starting your pension and you're, you know, even in your early 20s, I'm seriously looking to get in some advice and just to get in that, that ball rolling, even if it's a little bit a month and just getting the advice on, on the tax of what your plan is of action or what you want to achieve in the next 30, 40 years. Definitely. Cool. So what are the top three questions you get asked the most 
uh, when it comes to the tax and what are the answers to them? So like, you know, the ones where people are like, oh, so I'm going to give a scenario because the amount of times I've heard this <laughs> one and I, I can actually answer it for people. I'd like to think I can answer it. And it's like, do I buy a property in my personal name or a limited company? And you m- must get asked that all the time. And I know the answer yeah. to that is, well, it's dependent on your goal, your circumstance and your um, earnings. So I know for me, I'm not above the the higher tax threshold i'm in the lower tax bracket so for me i could get a couple in my personal name until i reach that or if my long-term aim was to get 10 buy selects let's say and i know that would suppress suppress the higher tax threshold then i might as well start from the big get-go and um limited company if my goal was to own 10 20 buy selects but if your goal is to only own three or four and you know you're going to be on a 25 grand a year salary for the rest of your life hypothetically then maybe there's not much point in putting it limited company but if your plan is to do it get three or four and then maybe five and six and then actually i want them all in the limited company later on down the line because now you're being taxed more then you have to pay stamp duty right to get them into your limited company later down the line yeah yeah so i get asked this question every week if not every <laughs> Every damn day. Do you have a tally um, of how many times people ask it? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? To the point, I should actually make a YouTube video on, on it. But um, no, exactly that. You are right. It does depend. And you know what? The most frustrating answer for, for a, a prospective client, shall we say, is it depends. Because, you know, you've got to think, um, people like myself have studied for years and years and years to be able to come up with the structures and, and, and the advice, you know, effectively give you the answer of you should do this. So I think people need to realise that first. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There are different factors that, that are going to apply, yeah. like, you, like you rightly say. You know, when I have a conversation with a prospective client, I don't even delve into that question. Oh, that's the one simple question. Like, what are you doing this for? Like, what, what do you want to do? <laughs> what are you here for? Why are you doing property? <laughs> yeah. What do you actually want to achieve? And if they go, oh, well, I'm going to start with rent to rent and then I'm going to buy um, 10 buy to lets in the next two years and I'm on a 60 grand salary in my job and I want to get out of my job because I effing hate it. And like, you know, that, <laughs> that is pretty much like how it goes. Well, I know I've literally done the calculation in my head and gone through the checklist going, oh, yeah. That means the high rate taxpayer. That means they're going to surpass the threshold. Um, they want to be in property full time. Okay, a limited company structure is probably the right answer. I think off the back of that, though, it's, it's never just that simple because the more you go into someone's personal circumstances, i.e. are they married? Have they got children? Do they want to pass wealth on tax efficiently to those children, for example? Then actually the answer is, Yes, you need a limited company, but you also need some inheritance tax planning as well. And if yes. you do it now, you will save a lot of money. So it's not just a case of, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go through this checklist myself. And that means I'll just go on company's house and set up a limited company because I've seen that a lot as well. Because actually what happens is they'll come to me and go, I've set up this limited company. Um, have I done it right? Have I got the right structure? And they still have the same questions because, you know, it might be them. It might be them and the wife or, you know, maybe business partners. And there's still questions around, well, yeah. we've got 50% each. Is that right? And nine times out of 10, there's something that can be tweaked 
or adapted to make that situation more tax efficient, especially when it comes to like structuring joint ventures, you know, especially people who have been on property courses, they'll go through and they'll be like, oh, I should have an LLP. So usually, should I have an LLP or a limited company? Um, that's something that I get asked quite a lot. And again, the answer is it depends. You know, we can tell you the answer, but um, we need to piece tax advice on it. So, yeah, I get asked that an awful lot. I also get asked, can I claim cash allowances? Can I claim it in a uh, LLP? So basically, the answer is you can claim cash allowances as an individual, as a partnership or an LLP, which for those listening who don't know is a limited liability partnership in the UK. And actually you can, believe it or not, get them in a limited company because how many times people have spoke to me and said, oh, I didn't think I, didn't think I could do that. I thought I had to just do commercial property through an LLP. No, you don't have to. And I think this is where it comes down to, please just step back, look at the, the bigger picture, you know, because we've heard it all in terms of, oh, I want to get a car and pull it through an LLP because it's better from a tax point of view. Yeah, okay, but what are your other plans? Like, it doesn't even make sense for you to set up an LLP yeah. to push a car through. You're probably better off in a limited company with a bespoke shareholding structure and go and get yourself a nice electric vehicle. Like, it's just, I think you have to kind of sit back and go. You have, it's almost like a counselling session sometimes with clients to go, what do you actually want to do? Because actually nine times out of 10, they don't really know where they're going or what they actually want out of life. So I think you really need to establish that first to answer the tax question, which that sounds really deep, but it's true, you know, because all we're trying to do is help you make a better life for yourself by being more tax efficient. So you need to really delve deeper into the client's needs to go, okay, what do you really want out of this? Uh, And nine times out of 10, you know, people will say things like, oh, I want to earn five grand a month. Okay, why five grand? Yeah. Well, because I want to do this, this and this. Okay. Um, You know, and it's just asking those questions to say, well, do you really need five grand? What would make you happy in the meantime? So, for example, someone who wants to get out of the day job and get into property. Well, I can't can't leave my my day job until I've made what I'm making my day job now. And sometimes that that's the right answer because they've got a family and they're the breadwinner, etc. But sometimes it's not and they can get out before. And there's multiple planning strategies we can put in place to help them, you know, get to that goal quicker. So, yeah, I think moral of the story is like if you, if you know where you're going, then ultimately you'll get there faster. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, that's that's yeah such a good saying it's just true I, i've said it to, to many people before it's like if you need a plan you've got a goal so your five thousand pound a month is your goal now you need a plan so it's like i always the i always use the analogy which i don't know if i read or i made up i feel like i made it up but maybe i didn't but here goes um you go into a travel agent and you go want to go on holiday and the travel agent's like where do you want to go and you're like, don't know <laughs> but you but you know you yeah. want to go on holiday the end goal is to go on holiday but you don't know where you're going to go you don't know how to get you don't know the journey to get there like you have to what you need to go there and and you, is it a plane or a coach like what you do you know what i mean so it's it's like well that's the the that's where you need to figure that out figure as much as you can possible before you go to that um travel agent 
with the destination yeah. in mind. And that's the way I yeah. thought. 100%. It's the same um, process almost, you know, start with the end in mind. Trying to think what else do we get asked? Oh, how can I pay no tax? Well, the answer is you can pay no tax, but you probably end up uh, behind bars. So <laughs> if you... <laughs> Well, not not quite, but you know, I think there's a there's an ultimate. Yeah. yeah, you have to set expectations with certain people. It's like you know, there are creative strategies out there, but there's also an element of risk. Yeah. Um, we would never put any clients into uh, what? How can I describe it? Um, dodgy tax planning situations, which we've had to try and get people out of. Um, people who've been missold trusts or, or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's like the answer is, you know, we will help you pay less tax in the most simplest way. Because what you don't want is you pay very little tax, but you have so much of a headache and so much complication because of the structure that's being put in place that it just stresses you out. You might get HMRC inquiries. Mm. You end up getting sleepless nights. Things start going wrong at home. Like, it's literally just... It's not worth that. So I always say to clients, like, you can pay as little tax as you want, but there will be an element of risk attached to that. Yeah, of course. No, brilliant, brilliant advice. No, this has been a very insightful, very uh, educational. So just uh, just sort of wrapping things up then, um, like how, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out or they want to, you know, have a, a consultation with you or use some of your services? How, how do they reach out and do that? Yeah, so super easy. You can find me on LinkedIn as Amy Richardson um, or you can find me on Instagram at Property Tax Queen, Facebook, Property Tax Queen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on pretty much all of the social media apart from Twitter. I never really bothered with that one. But yeah, Instagram and LinkedIn are the main uh, places you can find me. Brilliant. Yeah, I feel like with Twitter now, unless you're into crypto, which actually you are. Oh, um, don't. Don't go there. That's another one. <laughs> that's, that's another episode of something else <laughs> with some tears involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Now, Amy, you've been a um, fantastic guest and uh, I'm really glad to finally get you on on the show. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. Take care. That's been the Alright Talk Show. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Ciao for now.